0: Detailers. The entry-level coating game started in 2016 with Anyo Ceramic Coatings. With its unique single-layer composite technology, Anyo allows detailers to achieve greater levels of success faster. With an application cost under $15, the deepest gloss levels and ability to apply in under one hour makes Anyo perfect for daily drivers needing two years of protection. That's right, two years protection for under $15 per install. And because you're a listener, get an additional 15% off with code DETAIL15. So get the coding that launched the entry-level coding game while others are just now trying to change their game. Anyo Ceramic Coatings, available on the Detail Supply app. And remember to use the code DETAIL15 to save 15% off your purchase. Hey, y'all, it's Noxie. Thanks for listening to the Detailed Solutions Podcast. And now, a little bit more about one of our sponsors. Alex, have you heard about
1: the Pain Assassins on Facebook? No, Noxy. What's that? I'm glad you asked, you wrinkled little booby. Pain Assassins started by a dude named Jason Bruno to where detailers can
0: find the camaraderie that they're looking for without any of the negative trolling bullshit like other Facebook groups. Not only that, but they can compete with their work weekly, monthly,
1: or yearly to win prizes. Oh, dude. And they make sick merchandise. So you always have fresh gear to wear.
2: Whoa. Uh.
1: Anyway, y'all want to check it out? Again, it's Paint Assassins on Facebook or Instagram. Check it out.
0: Welcome to the Detail Solutions podcast. We are doing "What's on Your Mind" as always. Got my right hand man, Jason, and this time we've got Mr. Autofiber himself in Ramel Camp. Right? Is that how you say it? Yep. Ramel Camp. Yep. Okay, that's yep. sweet. First, first time. Woo! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, what's on your mind? I got. I'm going to go first because since you guys are on here, I actually want to kind of commend the two of you. Um, I know you guys kind of had like a little bit of a back and forth um, in a post last week and you guys were meant about it and reached out to each other and talked it out, Um, at least from what I heard from Jason. Ian, I I didn't get your side of it yet, so (laughs) it might be different. but I think that's a cool thing, man. Like that, I think that's one of the things in this industry that's kind of lacking is people just, you know, get on Facebook and become keyboard warriors. And, you know, instead of just reaching out to people and saying like, Hey man, what's, you know, like, let's talk about this and, you know, let's kind of figure it out. Um, So kudos to you two for, for doing that.
1: Yeah. Well I think one thing that's important is me and Jason have actually met in person and we've actually like hung out, like, Pretty significantly at mobile tech. Right. Um, So we actually have like a real personal connection. Um, And that's actually one, like, man, people ask about these trade shows and events like, are they worth it for your business? And that's the main reason it's worth it is because when you're, yeah, but when you're, and people say Facebook, you know, the problem with Facebook is you don't really know those people, right? It's right. way different when you know somebody personally. Um, so like, you know, Jason was kind of challenging stuff about the IDA. Right. And I was kind of trying to defend some stuff about the IDA. And, you know, I felt pretty comfortable that I can, you know, say, hey, Jason, I think you're wrong about this, right? And have him not be offended by me because I know that he respects me, I respect him. Um, I know that like, if I piss him off, he'll kick my ass. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and that's and that's kind of the thing too. I mean, right, like everybody's allowed to have their opinion, but Jason might not see some of the things that maybe you see or know, So that might kind of skew his view of it, right? So he has his opinion because maybe he doesn't have, you know, 100% of the information, even if he's got 98% of the information, like sometimes that 2% makes a big difference and and vice versa. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe Jason might feel a certain way as as a detailer, you know, looking on the outside or being on the outside of the IDA, other than just like being a member kind of thing that, you know, maybe you being a little more involved, don't kind of see it that way too. So it's, it's kind of cool when, you know, everybody can kind of get together like that and, and, and help each other out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's, you know, that's actually why I was asking Jason too, is because hundred percent, I know for sure that I don't know everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Far from it, you right. know? And that, like, even when it comes to like, what's missing from the IDA, um, I just don't have the full picture of what mm-hmm. the right. IDA can potentially do. I do think that the IDA has a lot of potential. And it's the same thing, man, same thing for my business and me and every detailer out there, like, we all have a lot more potential than what we're living up to.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, and so, man, and I know from AutoFiber, like my business is built upon, like learning about detailers pain points and how to, the problems that they have with the products. And then I try to create products to solve them. And I kind of want to bring that philosophy um, to the IDA. Um, Cause I think that is, it's kind of missing in some ways. And it's not really a fault of the IDA necessarily. It's almost like a structural thing. You know, when you have all these volunteers that are just, people are volunteering their time to the IDA and um, it's hard to make things change when it's like a bureaucratic organization. Like what I was telling Jason, like with my business, you know, I'm the lead guy. If I wanna change something, I can make the change, right? Right. But in the IDA, if I wanna change something, I have to go through like committees and yeah. a board and we have to have all these discussions. Right. Um, so it's the difference. Like, you know, my business is like an agile, um, you know, boat like a 20 footer and the idea is like a, a giant ship that's yeah. just growing. Right. right. Maybe the idea is stuck in the Suez canal or something. Right. <laughs> right. Let's hope it. not.
0: Cause <laughs> I, I mean, I, I always think that the idea has like, A great idea i mean like what they want to do what they're striving to do i think is great the only thing i think that they kind of hit or maybe it's their suez canal is this is such an unregulated industry i mean anybody can go down to walmart or autozone or o'reilly's or whatever and hit the car wash aisle and the next day they're you know quote unquote a detailer So, you know, I, I, it's hard, I get it. It's hard for them to kind of do a lot of things they want to do because of how this industry is. But I do think that they have a good plan in in place or at least good ideas. And hopefully one day, um, you know, it'll be something that, you know, like what they want it to be. They want it to be, you know, in trade schools. They want it to, to be kind of like an ASC certified mechanic that, you know, you're the people that, you know, people are really going to look for versus kind of like, you know, the, the shade tree mechanic, as they call them, you know, (laughs) Guy guy down the street doing it in his driveway. So no, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I get their struggles. I understand their struggles. I, I, I have some of the concerns that Jason has but at the same time, I, I see the other side of it. So it's hard for me to, you know, kind of go one way or the other with it. Yeah,
2: well, that's, that's why,
0: that's why uh, I, I I was so open to talk to Ian, because, you know, I know IDA wants to do things. Yeah. And, you know, I just had to hear it from somebody who was actually more involved than just hearing it from other detailers, because, you know, A lot of us do share the same opinions, but, you know, to get some of the information that I got when we spoke, it it opened up my eyes a little bit more and made me, you know, get a little more warm and fuzzy. Right.
1: Yeah, well, uh, so to go back to something that Alex said, like, I think it's... uh, the fact that the detailing industry is kind of unregulated and anyone can get into it. Like, I really like that about this industry.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but.
1: No, I think I think in a certain sense, it's like a strength of the industry and it can be uh-huh. a strength of the IDA, right? Because, okay. and it's actually why they, and this is what I was telling Jason in the call. Like, I think that uh, the IDA serves even a bigger purpose in this industry because of that, because the, most of the businesses are just one man shops, you know, or one or two guys. Right. And they, it's hard to have like a connection with other people in the industry. And I think the IDA can serve like a huge um, purpose by connecting all these people into a stronger force.
2: Right.
1: um, Where everyone can learn from each other. Um, And so, man, I just come from like, I never wanted to work for anyone else and I never wanted to like have a boss. And so, and that that most detailers, that's how most detailers have that same philosophy. Um, and so at the same time, like the idea is kind of like a counter to that, right? You have to go like jump into this organization that's uh, actually an organization. Right. So it's, it's not easy, but yeah, I'm with you guys. I think that the IDA just has a lot of potential, and and I, man, I I didn't understand it at the beginning, like four or five years ago. I was like, man, wh- why do I need to be part of an organization? You know, like I'm independent. You know, I'm right. on my own. I'm doing it. And then, um you know, instead of I decided, wait a second. Instead of complaining about this thing and thinking it's lame, like why don't I, like, put my money where my mouth is and Actually, go to try to change it.
2: And right, fix it. right, right, right.
1: So, I'm not saying that it, there's anything necessarily wrong with it. Um, <clears throat> although there is, right? Because every bit, like I'm telling you, like, there's a lot wrong with my business. Like, I'm far, like, I'm at 25%. I tell people all the time, like, I'm at 25% potential with my business. So right. there's a lot of upside.
0: You know? Well, you know, that's kind of, I think, with everything you know and and the thing with the idea like you know when people ask me about it you know is it worth it is it not worth it blah 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 blah. whatever you know it's it's 110 a year like like dude if you can't if you can't afford nine dollars a month like you you, sh- you probably need to go somewhere else and work um but at the same time like it's just what you said like it, it really is kind of what you get out of it and if you just you know kind of mosey on through and and i'm at fault you know i mean i I get caught up in in my business um to kind of you know really pay attention to a lot of the stuff with the IDA. um it probably doesn't do a lot for me other than you know i get to say i'm a member of it i have the patch i you know i have the sds or the cdsv at the end of my name um the joke is old and probably need to change it by now. Um, <laughs> but you know, like some people, Hey, I mean, if they're putting as much effort into the IDA as they do anything else, they're probably going to get a lot more out of it. And, and those are the people that probably will make the change in the IDA.
1: Absolutely. And so, and this is what me and Jason talked about this exact thing is that, um, Like, I think for my business as a supplier, the IDA, like right off the bat, provides a lot more benefit to me, right? Because everyone, all the members of the IDA are my potential customers, right? Right. So from a supplier standpoint, um, like, it's like a no brainer. No, it was the same thing for me. Like when they told me the price to become a supplier member of the idea, I was like, are you kidding me? Of course. Like I'll take a flyer on this and right. <laughs> you know, if I can't get, you know, 400 bucks back out of networking with all these people, like I should go, you know, work at McDonald's or something.
2: Yeah. yeah so, exactly.
1: um, but, and th- this is the part that I really want to work to change. And I like, you know, DJ, the president, he like really understands this is, you know, how do we bring, and he's always talking about how do we bring more value to detailers right. and make this network, you know, more valuable to detailers, right? Because if we can flip the script to where it's actually more valuable for detailers than it is for supplier members, like that could be a game changer for anyone right. involved in it. Um, and there's just way more, detailers than there are suppliers too
0: oh yeah um, so there's
1: always going to be a value with you know for a supplier to be a part of this network right but right. really the goal so and here it is for me like i have an incentive to try to make the idea better if i can make the idea bigger and make a difference and stronger like it's going to make the whole industry better, and then it's going to make my business better, right? So right, I absolutely just, have a selfish selfish reason. Right. It's just for, another
0: avenue for you to get your your product in front of a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Um, with it, and and you know I listened to Rennie's podcast last week um, where he mentioned me, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but they they kind of talked about that. Um, that post a little bit, you know, that, that was, and, and, you know, one of the things that Rennie said is, you know, just like every other business, you know, the IDA couldn't do a lot this past year because of COVID. So, you know, you kind of got to, you know, give them a little bit of a break on certain things for the past year because, nobody's been able to do anything I mean that's that's why DJ's still the president because he gets another round at it
2: because
0: <laughs> yeah. so, there was there was no MTE so that, uh, you know no IDA at the MTE it's for for you know the the awards and and the um uh the election or you know bringing in new board members and stuff like that so um so yeah so I'm glad you guys were able to talk about it a little bit I'm glad we could talk about it a little bit um because I think there's yeah. a lot of people out there that you know, just don't know, you know, and it's, you know, they're just getting their information from Facebook, just like everything else.
1: Yeah, of. absolutely. Well, and it's good for me. The more I talk to people about it, the more I know on what I can bring to the people in the IDA to try to make it better.
2: Right.
1: Uh, and then the more it motivates me. Um, and man, cause I'm telling you like my business And here's the thing, man, detailers are just have all kinds of great ideas and they want to solve problems and they're very generous. Like every product that I've ever made has been just, you know, from talking to detailers, right? About, you know, the problems with the products that they have now, Right. right? And so the same thing with the IDA, right? Like the more we talk about the actual problems with the IDA and we're like, I'm not going to get offended, and I don't think anyone should get offended about these posts or these discussions about right. you know, why the IDA isn't good enough, right? Like Because that's where we're going to figure out how to make it better.
0: Um, yeah, and I mean, it's not like you weren't the only one on there, you know, having good things to say about the IDA. So, I mean, there's definitely, you know, some good back and forth and and those posts, but... Oh,
1: absolutely. There's a lot of people who are like gung-ho and right loving the idea right
0: yeah so um, again i think it's just you know you put in you you get out of it what you're going to put into it and some people just think that the idea is not going to do anything for them and sometimes it's not necessarily the idea doing something for you but what if the idea does something for the next guy because you you know, like we're talking about it now, you know, it might not do anything for me and Jason, but somebody listening to it might jump in, you know, jump in the deep end, go full bore at it and it, and it helps them, you know, helps their business some way, somehow or something like that. So, you know, it's not necessarily that it's, that it's helping one person, it's getting it out there to help who needs the help with it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And man, I'm a big believer in the network effect, right? Like where, you know, the bigger that the network gets, the power of the network like gets stronger by like the square of the number of the users or something like that. So it's like an exponential function. So like the bigger that the, I feel like the bigger and the more members that the IDA has, the more power it's going to get to actually send that, you know, benefit back to detailers right because the
0: reach is going to be so much bigger i mean i was talking with brian guy today and we were you know talking about the podcast and you know brian kind of made the comment like man i'm glad you're growing with it i'm glad it's getting big and he's like but you know because i was talking to him about kind of changing up some of the things with it reaching out to some of the guys that maybe have a little bit more pull in the industry and things like that and he said that's that's it right like you can still be your your core of what you're trying to do with the the average everyday detailer to get their their story out and people learn about them. But you can pull in people, you know, like you and like him and like Rennie so that my you know now my networking through you being on the show, Brian being on the show, Rennie being on the show, like now it just kind of grows that net bigger so the podcast gets bigger. And and that's basically exactly what you're saying. You know, you get in mm-hmm. And if the IDA can start growing with more and more detailers, the net gets bigger, more people know about it, and then really the better that they can do stuff with it.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it's the same thing. Like, we're, every one of our businesses and organizations, we're all a network, right? Right my business is a network and I'm trying to leverage your network, right? By being on your podcast and you're trying to leverage my network. And we're talking about the IDA's network, right? Right, right. (laughs) Like like we're all kind of trying to create this synergy between them all. And that, that really is like the power of the internet. And that's the future of business and everything. Um, So like, you know, just that idea alone, you know, is something that, we all just have to get better at. And right. really that's what marketing is too, right? Like you're, when you're marketing your business and your services, like you are trying to build that network of your clients, um, in your local area that you're going to serve. And, yep. you know, if you're good to your customers, they're going to connect with their network, right. you know,
0: word of mouth. And and then yeah. you, next thing you know, you got another guy and another guy and another guy, and you know, yeah, no, no. absolutely. Um, So I told Jason before you got on and I talked to them early in the day, I had a couple of things I wanted to talk about on the next what's on your mind, Um, but we weren't sure who we were going to be able to get as a guest. And so this morning I kind of woke up and and, and I was like, man, you know what? Like Ian, like I just, I want to reach out to him. And um, so while we've got you on, man, like I want to talk about, I want to talk about microfiber. Um, I don't know a lot about it, um, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of people that listen to this podcast that probably have no friggin' clue. You know, they just know, like, I'm supposed to use this towel for this, <laughs> and this towel for that. And, you know, yeah. so, you know, um, I know this is a, what's on your mind, but like, I want to pick your brain a little bit about, about towels. Um, I mean, first of all, I want, I want to know, like, how did you get in um, to kind of doing this? Like, how did you get started um, did you start out detailing and was like, you know, wow, well, I'm just going to jump in the microfiber towels or, you know. No, man. So
1: I, I started. So my dad was the one that really started it. He, okay. man, I actually remember when my so my dad is like a serial entrepreneur. He um, like he had a body shop in his 20s and 30s and then a Mako. Um, okay. because, and then yep. he had a print shop. Right. And then like in the mid nineties, he found this magic miracle towel. Right. And I remember Uh him bringing it home and he was just so excited, you know, and he started a business um, and, you know, uh, they were one of the first people um, and companies to sell microfiber in America. And they were just trying to, at at that time, nobody knew what it was. And they were just trying to convince people that it's a good product. Right. And uh, you know, the automotive industry was fervently against it, right? Because they were, at that time, everyone was using like Egyptian cotton towels and all different types of cotton. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I was in high school, I was probably like a sophomore, junior in high school. And I thought my dad was crazy. Um, But over (laughs) the years, he built like a pretty good business. And then, you know, I went to college. Um, And then when I got out of college, I was like, man, college, is like, I didn't know how the world worked, right? Right. I didn't know how businesses work. I didn't understand a thing. Yeah. Um, And I wanted to, you know, watching my dad be an entrepreneur, I wanted to do it. And so I knew I wanted to start a business. And so, you know, I just bought, started buying towels for a minute. And this was 2001. This was like the beginning of the internet, beginning of eBay. Um, And so I bought a couple cases of towels. Like I was living at their house. bought a couple of cases of towels from his company, started selling them on eBay, built um, a website. And then I started like, you know, trolling forums. Like there was the Autopia forum back in the day. And a couple of these other um, vendors had forums. And I was just in there trying to convince people um, to use microfiber. So I was sending out samples and um, writing articles and kind of just networking. Um, yeah. And so it started off kind of like as an internet business. And then it really just transitioned into a wholesale business. Um, and so I started supplying some of the bigger companies like Autopia was my first um, wholesale customer. Oh, okay. And this was before they were bought by um yeah. Um, um yeah. And so really, man, it just, it was not something I did not pick microfiber like consciously or anything. I really just wanted to start a business um, and learn how learn how business worked. And I I wanted to start like an internet based business. Right. Um, and kind of honestly at the beginning I was kind of like kind of ashamed. Like I, you know, I was early 20s, go to the <laughs> bar, chicks would be like, oh, what do you do? I sell
2: towels on <laughs> eBay. It's like
1: not the most glamorous. Right. Thing. Right. But it was also awesome because I would like, I'd be out at the bars drinking and partying all night, and I'd come home and there'd be like a couple orders for, you know, I'm I'm selling orders like while I'm out partying. Yeah,
0: there's nothing wrong Um, with that.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) So, I mean, that's basically how I got into it. Um, And man, it's completely different now, right? So, when I started, you had to argue with people about microfiber and really had to convince people. Right. And there was only a few different types of towels. Like there was like the normal Terry type towel. There was like a glass material. And then there was like the waffle weave stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and now there's just hundreds of different versions and variations and weights and sizes and everything. So
0: yeah, like now it's crazy. I mean, crazy. It, it, you know, again, like I said, like some people just know, like I'm supposed to use this for this. And that yeah. for that, but they don't, you know, get the, 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 science behind it.
1: Yeah. So there, I mean, there is, and there, there is a science behind it, um, in a certain st- sense, like there's these, um, measurements you can take, right? Like there's qualities of the yarn and everything, right. but what it really comes down to specifically for my business, and this gets back to like what we've talked about before is, um, you know, kind of trial and error and listening to what detailers want. So, right. you know, like the business was going good. And this was like before 2005 or 2006, all of the towels were coming from South Korea. China really didn't make any towels at all because um, China was kind of like, and if they did, they were making kind of crappy towels.
0: Gotcha. Like um, everything else.
1: Yeah, man, China's gotten a lot better, though. I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: Some yeah, it's
1: yeah. almost twenty years later, but anyway. So at the beginning, um, uh, I forget what I was going with it, but um, you know, the,
0: the you talking we were talking about. I I said about the science of it, and you said there kind of is a kind
1: of. Oh, okay, was, yeah, 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 right. Because yeah, there is a science to it. Um, but yeah. So what I was going to get to was um. You know, when Costco came out with their super cheap towels, they come up with these the Kirkland towels that yeah. lots of people love and they work good for lots of stuff, right? And so we, I had customers come to me, you know, I need the towels this cheap. Can you beat the price? And I was like, you know, sorry, I can't just go buy the Costco towels. Right. And then over, you know, This this happened over like dozens of dozens of customers, and then most of these customers came back and they're like, "Oh my God, this towel scratching the paint, or it's linting, or it's not absorbing." Right, and then you know, uh, really, it drove innovation from our perspective because we had to go back and find better quality yarn, and you know, come up with better you know blends of material and different weaves and stuff. so a lot of the innovation really is driven by, and a lot of the changes and all the different variations of towels is driven by the needs of detailers. Right. Um, so for example, like one example is like our saver applicator, right? Like that was just because I had like, when, when coatings came out, I just had call after call after call of detailers saying they didn't like our wax applicators because they put the, coating in it and the code, so much of the expensive coating would disappear and the applicator. And this was a complaint that happened, you know, I probably got this complaint a couple hundred times. Um, And so then that's where we came up with the applicator with the barrier layer that prevents it from soaking through.
2: Right. Um,
1: But yeah, so from the science of microfiber for sure, there's a difference in the quality of yarn and that's like the basic. The basics of it, right? So, right. like anything, so and lots of people get confused because they think there's like a microfiber factory or whatever, but there really isn't a factory that makes microfiber towels. There's okay. a yarn. Well, first of all, there's a raw material supplier. So, you know, microfiber is made out of polyester and polyamide, and right. polyamide's a type of nylon, right? Um, and so, w- what happens is, is you. It starts off as like raw pellets of uh, poly, uh, nylon and polyester, okay. um, and then you, you know a yarn is spun like yeah. a filament, right? Right, and um, you know it can be it can be pulled and spun really fine or not as fine, and then it can also be like really consistent across like the yarn, or it can be very inconsistent, um, right? And so like you know, the precision of the manufacturing process of the yarn kind of helps determine, you know, how the towel's gonna work, you know, on the paint surface, right? So a really fine yarn that's pulled to a really small denier or really small um, uh, thickness, Right. um, it's harder to pull that yarn super consistent, right? So it's a lot more expensive. So if okay. you want to make a really cheap, inexpensive towel, you can make a towel that looks like, you know, more expensive towels, but it has this yarn that um, is number one, less consistent, and number two, not as fine. Okay. Um, and then, so that's just the starting point of the manufacturing process. So once the yarn is made, um, it goes to, uh, like a knitting or weaving factory, right? There's these factories that have these giant machines that are yeah, taking the yarn and just making fabric, right? And then there's, you know, there's dozens of types of, of even more than dozens of types of fabric, right? There's the terry, right. there's the Sway, there's the glass, there's the twist, there's the waffle weave, right? And lots of these factories don't have machines to do all of these <laughs> different types of, uh, products right um, so there's multiple different factories that are taking the same yarn and making all these different stuff um, fabrics and then once the fabric's made it's it goes to all these different dye houses right there's like and the dye house is where the microfiber you've heard how microfiber split right so what happens is is the um, the fibers so in the dye process when the Fabrics being dyed to whatever color it is. Yeah, um, yeah. it's also being chemically split, and it, it's actually a process that breaks down the um, the the fiber. Right. Okay. So it actually breaks it down, and almost it's hydrochloric acid that like eats <clears throat> away at the at the yarn and right, the fibers right. and it creates all these extra pores inside the fibers. Like, so for example, you, you've probably seen like microfiber couches and microfiber jackets yeah. and stuff like that. That stuff is, doesn't absorb, right? It's, it's right. actually water repellent. And it's the dyeing process where the fabric is split is that what makes the towels um, absorbent, right? Cause oh, it okay. actually, when the, when the fibers are broken down um, it actually creates all this extra surface area in in the in the yarn, right. Uh, um, and so, in that part of the process, um, like it's really easy. So, for example, if you get towels that are linting, they've probably been oversplit in the dyeing process. Um,
0: okay. So or, is it more like like it's just been pulled apart too much. That now it's just weak, and so it would like lint off.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So what happens is, is if the if the uh, if like the tolerances and the process is done not to like the perfect degree or whatever, or they put right. too much of the of the chemical that breaks down the fibers into the the giant vat that's dyeing the towels, yeah. then the towels can be oversplit, and then they um, they become fragile. Okay. Um, and that happens. It happens sometimes. Um, uh, but then the other the opposite end of the spectrum can happen to where you under split the towels and they don't absorb right so gotcha. or they can feel rough right because actually when the towel when the fibers are split it actually makes them feel softer right also. so there's like this very narrow tolerance for how well it can be done um, and so um, and then after the dye house process it comes back to a uh, Um, like a cut and sew operation where the towels or the product sponges or whatever kind of cut and sewn and constructed into the final product Um, and if you don't do that part of the process well you know the towel can fall apart or the shapes can be incorrect or the consistency from product to product doesn't look good or um,
2: so really when we're
1: making these towels we're using like you know, a, a vertical stack of manufacturers, gotcha. right? That are um, all these different factories right? In line.
0: So now when you when you do your towels, um, I mean, is it like one of those things like you go to the factory and the factory's like, hey, I got this towel, I got this towel, like we can color them any way you wanna, blah, 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 blah. blah. Or are you like, hey, look, I need it this 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 and then they put it all together for you kind of deal because i noticed like you know across the board from from your stuff um rag company um microfiber madness um, like some of the other things like a lot of towels are very similar right like you know down to the design the shape it to where it's almost like if you guys are just like Hey, I want that, but throw my name on it kind of deal. So is it, is it that way? Is it different or how? Well, I
1: think it's that way for a lot of companies. I'd say it's not that way for us. Like We're kind of trying to design products from the ground up. Um, So for example, like, so originally the original, like microfiber towels were kind of just weren't even like the Costco towels. They were just like a flat, both sides of the towel were the same plushness, right? right? And then like we wanted towels, like detailers want a higher pile. I need a plusher towel, I need a right. longer fiber, right? So then, uh, you know, we keep asking the factories, like how do we make the towels plusher? make the fibers longer, right? And then they go and they found these, you know, they go and they source a new machine that can make these two-pile towels, right? The ones right, that have right. the long pile on one and the short pile on the other, right? And so that was the way to kind of appease the um, the detailers who wanted a longer pile. But still, guys are complaining. No, I want longer pile on both sides, right? And so the way we actually did it is nobody had um, plush towels with. Uh, kind of like our Korean plush towel. They're like a really plush, or what the rag company has like the Eagle edgeless, right? So that type of towel, what we did is we went to our factory and we said, you know, we took them blankets and we were like, go to a blanket factory that makes, that weaves these blankets and ask them to take the, you know, send them the yarn. Right. Right. And so that's how we got to it. And so there's like, I'm telling you, there's this back and forth that takes years because the factories, are really resistant to changing anything. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how we came up with that okay. plush towel. And that's why there really wasn't any plush towels, um, you know, 10 years ago, right? Where they were plush on both sides. Right,
0: and and just in case, I mean, whether I've got it wrong or maybe people don't know about it. So like, like high pile and low pile, high pile typically what i'm using that for is is taking off my my polishes my compound because i want a softer towel i don't want it to scratch or or lease you know amount of resistance because it's a little plusher um and then typically your your shorter pile is a is a more grabbier type towel so like those are typically for like your sealants your waxes your ceramic coatings because you're trying to remove that extra, am, am I correct with that? Yeah, in a,
1: in a certain respect. So I think the main reason, right? So everyone's trying to prevent scratching, right? right. And so microfiber really is kind of a double-edged sword when it comes to that, mm-hmm. because any it picks up so much debris that any yeah. debris that gets into the towel, you know, is gonna scratch, right? So since it picks up and holds onto anything, you know, the debris is what's going to scratch. So really, I think what happens and the why guys like high pile towels is because it gives more room for the debris to go into. It almost creates like a like almost like a safety zone that the, right. that any debris can get into. And then you don't have to press as hard, right? Because there's all this like air in between all the fibers, right? Yeah. Um, whereas if you have a lower pile towel and a little tiny piece of debris gets in it and you wipe it across the surface, you have to press a little bit harder, right? And it, mm-hmm. all the fibers are closer down and there's right. no room for it to go. So gotcha. to, to me, that's the real reason that people want a plusher towel. Now a plusher towel is also good for certain ways um, in terms of like, usually they're higher GSM, like a heavier weight so that they right. will absorb more. Um, but when it comes to the fibers themselves in terms of scratching or anything, it really doesn't matter if it's a high pile or a low pile. What matters is the, um, the quality of the yarn. And okay. that's like the thickness and the denier of the of the fibers going back to like the original um what i was talking about how the actual yarn is spun
0: yeah because and and it's like you said i mean the the kirklands you know like everybody raves about them and i and i gave them a try in the beginning but i i felt kind of like what you said like i feel like they scratch or mar um and i know everybody's looking especially when you're doing a ceramic coating like everybody's looking kind of for that that cheap towel because realistically i know jason and i were talking he's you know he washes his and and he's gotten some good use out of um out of which towel was it jason you said the korean pearl the korean pearl um you know but a lot of times guys kind of know like it's just going to be a throwaway towel right so i don't want to spend three dollars on a towel when more than likely it's going to be a throwaway so they get those cheap kirklands um to do the job but i I, I get what you're saying, because those to me are like even on even like on your hands, like even just grabbing them, they feel very scratchy, very, you know, itchy. Um, well, here's the thing.
1: It. So here's the thing about the Kirkland's. I'm not going to say they're necessarily a bad towel. Right. Um, right. Because because here and here's the problem with and the problem with them comes down to just how they're sourced. Right? So what happens is, is Costco goes through a third party, kind of like if my business was the supplier for Costco, right. right? And then Costco goes to, you know, all these different, or the supplier goes to all these different um, factories and tries to get the best price, right? And so, you know, and they're doing millions of towels and this, guy, this company's probably making one or two pennies per towel, right? But they're right. selling so many millions of towels that it's a huge deal for them, right? And so the factories are bidding on this and the factories, you know, they'll start off with a really nice product, right? Um, For the first order or the first couple of orders, but then the factory, you know, maybe the price, you know, the exchange rate changes or the raw material price changes a little bit. And they're in this contract for the certain amount for the Costco towel. Um, And in order to meet that price and not just lose money, they have to start cutting corners you know whether it comes down to you know the quality of the yarn they're using with or the blend you know between polyester and polyamide or the dye house they're using right and so they have a problem with consistency because their margin is so small and so uh, so over time the factories start to kind of cut corners and the the product gets not as good. And then Costco gets complaints and then Costco complaints to the supplier and then the supplier goes to a new factory and it's just, they're going from factory, yeah. to, factory to factory. And so the problem is sometimes you can get really good Costco towels. And then the next month, you know, you you're get getting towels bad. that look exactly the same, right. but they work totally different. Okay. Right? So for my business, I've taken a completely different approach Whereas man, when I started, I went through dozens of different factories of yarn suppliers, dye houses and everything. But for like the last 12 years, I've been settled in with, you know, a couple key suppliers in both China and Korea. And we have a really good working relationship.
2: Nice. Um,
1: And we like, I pay them on time and if they make a mistake, they'll fix it for me. Um, That's cool. And, um, you know, if it's it's part of the reason why i'm able to um kind of create newer and different more innovative type products right because we have this long-term relationship
0: yeah uh, and and you don't don't just solely do like detailing stuff right like because i I think i saw the post or, or heard you or something like that like you you do other towels for other industries right Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we do a lot of
1: like mop type mops for um, just general cleaning. Right. Um, So yeah, I mean, one thing we do a lot of is we develop products for a lot of other companies that are selling products on Amazon. So yeah, we make a bunch of different types of mopping products or um, like pet care products. Um, We also personally sell like Uh, i like golf so when i started playing golf like eight years ago i started making all these different types of golf towels so we've got like a magnetic golf towel and all these different golf towels and we sell a lot of golf towels on amazon and it's cool with shit yeah Yeah. we do a bunch of different kind of custom printing on golf towels for um for different uh like courses and clubs and tournaments and all that stuff um So, yeah, and there's, it it actually helps the automotive part of the business because the automotive part and the detailing part is really the core of the business. Okay. Um, Number one, because I like detail, like honestly, detailers and people complain about detailers all the time, all the drama and all this stuff. But I'm telling you, man, detailers are the nicest people. Like I'm I'm a hundred... (laughs) <laughs> rather sell towels to a detailer than a mop to like a housewife like, gotcha. I'm you. <laughs> like so the complaints so, are, and the right. drama is
0: way worse with the housewife
1: <laughs> getting a mop
0: <laughs> so i've got a i've got a question um so it's gonna be perfect for you so drying towels do yep. they do they lose their absorbency over time because there's a lot of times i feel like and, and I don't know maybe you can tell me and, and I guess it maybe it might be like depends on how often you use it but usually when I do drying towels I buy like five or six at a time so that I'm not using them on every car all the time mm-hmm. um, and then I'll bring them home I'll wash them in microfiber soap um, towel I had they just finished up my towel clean from 3d so it's time for me to get or no I still got a little bit more so but it's gonna be time for getting something new. Wash it on delicate like you're supposed to, dry it on delicate, low heat. But I feel like over, I don't know, months, you know, I don't know exactly how many months, three, four, five, whatever. But I feel like sometimes just after a while, they feel like they don't absorb as much as they did when they were brand new. Um, Is it just me or is that something that's true?
1: That's a hundred percent true. Yeah. So once you start using the towels, there's definitely a lifespan and they start deteriorating for sure. And they start to lose their absorbency. Um, and it can happen for a couple of reasons. Now, I think one of the main reasons it happens more recently in the last like four or five years is because Uh of all these silica type sprays and everything people are doing drying aids and stuff like that. And a lot of these products, right? Like, you know, if the product's designed to like put like a coating or coat the surface of your car, it's also going to be coating the surface of the fibers of your towel, right? You know, I, not- I never even thought about that. Yeah. So it's clogging yeah. the pores I got you. of the towels. And this is why one strategy that actually works really well um, that I've been trying to get people to do is just to, and somebody told me it was called like they, they thought it, they were like suffocating the coating or the, the stuff. But you just have a bucket with water in it set to yeah. the side. And if you throw the towel into that bucket and just uh, the towels last longer, right? So the coating okay. doesn't cure inside. I, the, dude, I just said that like literally an hour
2: ago to Alex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: the coating doesn't cure inside. So what I think is happening. So this is the hard part, right? Because you go and talk to a chemist or whatever, they say, well, you know, that shouldn't work because the water accelerates the curing for silica, right? Right. So um, it actually should make the, it shouldn't work, Right. is what they tell you, but like in practice, like in practice, it works because I think what's happening is that the fibers like swell up with the water when they're soaked in and they push the, the whatever silica. amount of the silica out gotcha. of the towel. And then the, the, the silica cures like in suspension in
0: right. the water. Cause um, I know when I first started doing ceramic coating, one of the things that Corey with Sky's the Limit told me is he said, just put a little bit of APC in a bucket with water and as soon as you're done wiping, you know, your panels or whatever, throw the towel in there and and let it, because the degreaser will break down the ceramic or whatever. And then you can wash the towel, you know, but again, you're still not going to get like a million use out of it because eventually yeah. the ceramic is just going to be too much. But mm-hmm. I never, th- I never thought about what you are just saying with the, with the silica, because lately I've started using that because I've, my buddy um, works for Simon I, so he gives me their new like silica spray on wax kind of deal because it's got a drying aid in, in it and it, like it's so cheap that I feel like man I'll spray this on I, I know it's you know just like the, going through the car wash like it's only gonna last maybe a couple of weeks or whatever, but I'll spray it on every client's car because if it saves me you know five minutes of dry time, that's five minutes. I can get to the next thing, kind of deal, yeah. and and I never, I never thought about that. So maybe that's one of the reasons why my towels are not lasting. <laughs> I absolutely
1: me. think that's one of the reasons. Um, and so, yeah, it, it it it's a newer problem, and right. you know, I don't really know how to solve it. So let me tell you, um, I've tested. APC in water. I've tested vinegar mixed with water. So I've tested a base versus an acid versus just plain water. And I wasn't able to tell a difference between the if it if it made a difference or not.
0: Um, I wonder. So I was kind of surprised because I I, put out like a towel clean or a or a uh, you know, whatever, micro restore whatever, just throw that in a bucket of water and throw your towels in there. Wonder if that would make a difference.
1: Well, yeah, so that's the original way that I, we did it, right? So uh-huh. like micro restore is our product and we created it like 15 okay. years ago. Um, and I can tell you the story of why we created it um, was very similar to what we're talking about now is there was customers complaining and this was back when everyone was using waffle weave towels for drying. Right. You know, the towels were stopping absorbing and they, um, they were becoming kind of rough and more crunchy, like not mm-hmm. a soft feeling. Um, and so I went to a chemist and I was like, hey, you know, you know why, first of all, is this happening? Is it the chemicals right. getting stuck in the towel? Like, what can it be? And there was a few reasons. So number one, it could be chemicals getting stuck in the towel and normal detergents just aren't strong enough to clean it out right so you just need a stronger surfactant right. um and so th- and then number two was um was hard water right so the i what we were thinking was you know maybe places in hard water because it's not consistent some people this happens to and some people it doesn't and right. we were finding was like in certain places that hard water we were getting more reports that the towels weren't absorbing as good so um uh, you know, hard water is caused by calcium and magnesium in the water supply. And if exactly. you're washing your towels in that over and over again, it doesn't necessarily ever get washed out. Um, so that's why Micro Restore has water softeners in it. Oh, okay. Um, and, and then the other factor is is that a lot of times, like, all right, you got these really dirty automotive towels they are just super gross. Maybe you use them clean wheels or yeah. like, they're just super dirty and you throw them in the laundry. And then you just pour a shitload of fucking soap in it. Right. Cause you're like, I'm going to clean the fuck out of these things. Yeah. Right. And, but the problem is, is that, you know, all that detergent doesn't get left out like soap. And you know, this cleaning interiors, right. Soap like, just has a tendency to stay on yeah, exactly. in the surface mm-hmm. and in the fibers and it doesn't get washed out. And right. then it attracts more dirt and stuff and it just, things get dirtier faster if there's residual detergent left. Right. In and the, so this is where this whole like rinsing with vinegar thing came, right? So that's why a lot of people like in the rinse cycle, they add vinegar because vinegar is an acid and it neutralizes the base of the, um, of the, of the uh of the detergent yeah and yeah. so um and then the, the other factor we tried to do with micro restore we made it crazy concentrated right so that you only needed to use a couple of ounces in a five gallon load so right. the chances of having like the detergent stay in the fibers and not rinse out um you know was at play Uh, So yeah, so originally, like when people started having complaints about the towels not absorbing or they stop absorbing, I was like, hey, just try instead of, you know, throwing in extra micro restore, soak them in a bucket with extra micro restore, and then run them through the wash kind of normal. And that seemed to work a little bit better. Um, Now, I know, and I've heard um, uh, the rag company has a new wash product, and I I have yeah. a sample of it and I haven't had a chance to like fully evaluate it, but I think they say that their product can help neutralize this stuff. Um, and they work okay. with PNS to do it.
0: Right. Yeah. Because I know Rennie, but, did, Rennie did a whole little video um, mm-hmm. on it, which yeah. I actually showed Jason. And Jason's like, Jason, you said that's how you already do it, wasn't it? Or yeah. something like that? That's yeah. You've talked it. About, yeah. It was about the rags and the,
2: the, the pads. Yeah. And yeah well, man, and I've been
1: trying. I've been t- preaching this for like over 10 years, right? But I think, um, and I don't know, I-, I still have to test their product and evaluate it like against mine. Right. But you know, what they're saying is that it does a better job of, um, of neutralizing. So a couple of years ago, like it was funny because Apprentice uh, uh, is kind of my friend, right? And Apprentice a couple of years ago, he was like, oh, Bead maker, you know, bead maker is amazing when bead maker first came out. Right. I was like, bro, I'm a towel manufacturer. I'm not a big fan of bead maker (laughs) because bead maker is a towel killer. Right. And so I started complaining to them. I was like, look, your product's awesome, but man, it's a towel killer. Like, and I started asking chemists, like, how can we come up with a product that can neutralize um, like a coating or a silica spray? And talking to a bunch of different chemists they just like theoretically they say it's not possible gotcha. um, but it sounds like you know pns may have you know come up with the solution right so hmm.
2: um,
1: ah, ah. i don't know i and like i said i still have to test it and see right um, well, i don't know have I, you taste have you tried that product it's called rags to Riches. I, I
0: haven't yet i mean i i like i said i mean I, i've been using Tow clean because like I, I when don was still at 3d um like you know i mean like i knew him kind of pretty good he would always you know send me some stuff and talk to me and things like that um so i i always Have been a big like i i support people who who are my friends in this industry or you know not not my not necessarily friends but like that support me um you know and and so i bought like a gallon of towel clean and it's like taking me forever to get through it (laughs) um you know i mean it does the job but but like i said I'm, i'm at my you know last little bit now so um you know i'll either go back to using micro restore which is what i used before or I, I might try their, their stuff. Cause I mean, Levi's, you know, a friend of the shows and he's always been pretty good to me. So, you know, again, I try to, I try to use his stuff. Um,
1: Absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I mean, honestly, the rag company's my competitor and, yeah. but man, I really like those guys.
0: Yeah. Levi's well, I mean, I, awesome. I use, I yeah. use a little bit of everything. I mean, I have your towels, I have their towels. Um, again, my buddy with Simon eyes. So, I mean, like I, you know, he just sells me the Simon eyes towels, really cheap but again those are usually the ones that that i do um for my coating removal and then and then they're they're garbage towels after that they're either used for you know cleaning wheels dirty rims or or you know whatever i kind of throw them away and you know i mean i've got some car pro towels um cory's right down the street so it's always easy to run over to him if i'm in need or whatever um so i try to do, lit- stri- do you literally run over there Okay, I so I could, <laughs> I could, but you I have, mean, Well,
1: just because I say that, because Corey is like a decathlete or something. I know,
0: like I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no, <laughs> I, 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 was over there, I was over there talking to him the other day and, and like, I mean, I've known Corey for maybe seven or eight years now. I mean, I knew him when he was still working out of his garage, like that's when I met him. Um, yeah. I was working at the car wash and he came to the car wash and gave us a demo on like, using uk because we were going to try and use we were using we we're going to start using it at the car wash um so like i've seen Corey grow um but yeah since he started running man i was over there the other day and his cows were looking like schwarzenegger <laughs> issue <I'm laughs> like, lord man like um yeah i mean he's only half a mile i mean i could I leisurely stroll over there oh, yeah. um but it's easier to like jump in the car and be be there and back in like three minutes um I was just so, trying
1: to make a clever joke because yeah, I like no, Corey too. I've known yeah. Corey since forever and he's awesome. And, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. He's great. But, um, uh, going back to like the wheel thing. Right. So, so that's, that's kind of my thing. So like when my towels become wheel towels and they get that grungy dirt on them, um, that just never seems to come out. So is that what you're saying? Like throw them in a bucket with like some vinegar or something like they're, or, put the vinegar in your rinse cycle will that help that or is it just whatever they're they're yeah out?
1: i don't think the vinegar in the rinse cycle is necessarily gotcha. gonna help with that you know and lots of times like you can take a new towel and use it to clean wheels and right. you can get it as clean as can be and it'll still look stained mm-hmm. right? so, you know yeah. what's
0: easy is just to get a color coordination going
2: on yeah, yeah. that's
1: yeah, what i do I, I yeah but i think alex is Process is smart though too because to to cycle the towels down right yeah
2: yeah start with yeah you know
1: the nice towels you know regardless of the color or whatever a color code helps you keep it organized right right you know you cycle them from you know a coating towel to like an interior towel to a wheel towel right becomes just
0: and that's and to me like you know I mean I get the color coordinated kind of thing but. But to me, I'm more of like, okay, well, I know this towel is 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 a window towel. So like one of the ones that I use is is your No Freak Streak. Um, I use that with with Billy's Breeze and like have gotten the best results out of windows I've ever gotten ever. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: so like I I you know like I don't ha- I don't need a color code for that because I know my my No Freak Streak is my window towel, and then I have. Um, Oh, you're gonna have to forgive me because it's it's I've, I've had them for so long is it the mr everything
2: yeah towel?
0: okay yeah. so the mr everything towel is kind of what i typically use on on my interiors because it's a nice enough tile like i don't want to use it on wheels or tires or whatever yeah. so i'll use that like for wiping down interiors and things like that so again like it doesn't matter what color it is to me because i know that that tile is is what i use on my interiors yeah. um and then um uh drying towels are obviously drying towels whether um i'm either using uh so like right now i'm using the gauntlet from rag company but before that i was using the um what's your one um dreadnought dreadnought yeah um and i really like that towel um and uh but then, like the one I get from my buddy at Simon Eyes, like you know, what I mean, like he's got green ones, he's got blue ones, and I'm just like, whatever, just give me a case because he sells him, he sells them to me for like a dollar a towel. I'm like, just give me a to- give me a case of thirty six, and because I know I'm going to use those um, for for removing coatings or waxes or, or sealants or something like that, and then they're just going to become a wheel and tire towel after that, and then. Once they get really bad, then I just pitch them. Because again, if I'm buying a case, you know, for $36, like I end up with, you know, 36 coating towels that now become wheel and tire towels. I have yeah. more I have more wheel and tire towels than I know what to do with kind of deal. So after a while, they just go straight into the yeah. trash can.
1: Well, like, so the Mr. Everything is an interesting um, product because it's kind of evolved. Over the years, uh-huh. so really, the Mister Everything started as just kind of like a normal utility towel, right? It's kind right. of just like a normal. It looks kind of like just a normal run-of-the-mill towel, right? Right. Um, but it has it. It has that extra fine yarn, right? So, like on really soft paint, even yeah. though it's a low pile, it doesn't scratch. Right. right. It's a really
0: soft towel. That's the one thing I like about a, it for the yeah. interiors. Is it's a nice yeah. soft towel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's super soft. But so here's the thing. So um, but like when it comes to coatings and stuff, we started getting complaints on it because it was too soft, right? So gotcha. like when you're wiping the coating, it, it would, would start to crumble, right? Yeah. Too much friction. And so what we did is we actually um, we we took a clue from the towels that are the companies that are making really cheap towels, okay. and we implemented it into the towel. We use a thicker base layer, right? So. The base. So the way the microfibers made is there's like this base layer of mesh kind of, right. and then the the fibers, the surface fibers, are Come kind of it. like woven through, right? And so we made a thicker base layer out of 100% polyester that the that the super fine fibers are woven through. And so like the the newer Mister Everything's are um, are heavier. They're almost 400 GSM. They're 390, uh-huh. but they have. Um, they're stiffer, right? So okay. like, it's almost like they're stiffer from a shearing perspective. Um, so they feel thicker. Um, they're about the same amount of absorbency because right. the the 100% polyester base layer um, doesn't absorb. Um, so the towel has evolved though through, starting from just a normal basic everyday type of towel to, you know, having Better surface yarn to having a thicker base layer and a little bit higher GSM gotcha. to try to make it like the perfect towel for pretty much all detailing tasks
0: right No, that's awesome. Um, well, while I've got you on. I want to ask you, um, the new tire pad tire applicator. I don't even know what you call it. Cause Billy yeah. sent me, Billy sent me what he said. I don't have any reason to doubt him. He sent me the very first one <laughs>
2: um,
0: when, when I, when I ordered some stuff and, and uh, he sent me my little goodie pack. He sent it to me. Um, that thing's awesome. By the way, if nobody's using it, you definitely should. Um, what's the best way to clean that? You know, so I don't think you need to clean it. Okay. I don't think it should be clean. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't I mean, normally clean tire or um, yeah. tire pad, but I like most of the time I use like an actual tire pad. Like um, I get, um, uh, and, and they're kind of funny, people laugh at me is they're actually the um, edging pads for like paint. Yep. So it's like the little two by four square or something like that. And it's got a plastic. I use that for like most everything. But when I'm using... Um, Oh God, I'm brain farting. What What's Billy's tire dressing? Um, um. say Billy's tire dressing. Yeah, <laughs> he just needs to call everything Billy's whatever. Because I always forget the names <laughs> of them, and then I feel yeah, yeah it's, I feel called, bad. it's
1: called. God, how come I can't think of it? Ba-
0: I no, it's not Valor. Them. It's a. Uh, what is it the Valor uh, Shield? Is it Shield? No, um, no. Breeze is the window dude uh, he's gonna hate me for this he's gonna hate me too i can't because even when we had him on he's like oh you can't even take the time to remember the names i'm like i don't remember (laughs) names of of half the stuff i use it's but but either way like i i use that pad with with his tire dressing stuff um and and that way so it doesn't get cross contaminated because i don't i use his tire dressing on on more of like my higher end um um tickets. So my, it, yeah. my my right. my my high end sealants, waxes or my or my coatings for the normal everyday like washes or something like that. I'm I just used water based stuff I get from my buddy from Simonites because again he sells it to cheap. Um, yeah so
1: it's called Unity. His Unity. Product, Unity yeah. And so
0: what's Billy's tire dressing called?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Um, I've been testing Unity or different variations of Unity for like a year before he ever came out with it. Like he was sending me every different variation of it. And I was like, man, we got to come up with like a applicator for it. And so it's called the Tire Saver because it's a saver applicator. It has that plastic barrier layer in it. And I know a lot of guys use microfiber applicators for applying dressings and stuff. Yeah. Um, But like you- Fuck that. Yeah, a lot of people do, but a lot of people, and a, one reason why people don't, and I don't either, is because, like, you're trying to put a dressing on and it's the applicator is just crumbling in your hand, yeah. right? Like, it's like you're squeezing this thing. Right. Um, and then the other thing is, like, the microfiber just doesn't really get into all the crevices or whatever. Right,
0: like the grooves. So,
1: yeah, so that applicator, I was kind of trying to... Th- solve a couple of problems um, where it's got two densities of foam inside of it, right? Yeah. And then it's got um, the saver applicator area so that like, you know, your applicators just not soaking up all of your product, right? Um, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, it's made with the dreadnought fibers. So the, these, the longer fibers kind of help yeah. get into like different contours and stuff in
2: the,
1: you know, into the lettering and all that stuff. Um, So really, I was trying to make like a a product that would work with Billy's tire shine as he was kind of developing the product.
2: Gotcha. Um,
1: And so what what he ended up going with, um, like one of the first variations of his product was a very, it wasn't as gel based right it was okay. more like it. you've used some of these other tire products where like the viscosity was like really high like it was almost like water right right so you would put it into like an applicator and it would just soak so through yeah through um and so that's why i, w- I was making the saver um applicator oh, okay. for it um, yeah, so I it just, just
0: worked yeah, no, I mean, I again, I don't normally clean. I mean, because normally I just use those pads, and when they tear off, I you know tear them off, or I pull them off the uh, the handle yeah. and insert a new one. But with that one, you know, because it was microfiber, I, you know, I started kind of thinking to myself like, my should I be cleaning this out or? No, should I-, I mean, I have
1: some that I have used, and like on. Granted, I'm not a professional detailer using these things. Yeah, all day long, but I have, you know. I still have like one of the original prototypes I've had for like a year and I use it, you know, once a week gotcha. um, and I've never cleaned it. Um, so, but I think by the time you need to clean something like that- it's like, time to get a new one. It's time to get a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but there's, and I don't have, I wish I had one here, but like my Scrub Ninjas. Um, All those things. Yeah, yeah. So. And so this one's, I've got numbers written on this one for the factory uh-huh. because this is kind of how I send them stuff to make changes to things. But this Scrub Ninja is freaking an amazing tire applicator, right? For some reason, these bristles, like the way they stand up, right. they actually almost work better. And then the shape of this like works out well because you know, you can get into these, the, the, the like the where the tire meets yeah. the wheel section right so um
0: yeah it looks it looks nice and big enough that it's easy to hold too you yeah well really what this is holding all forward, your fingertips <laughs> this
1: is supposed to be kind of like those those little mouse scrubber majiggers with the, gotcha. uh with the felt on them okay but this is kind of like my scrub ninja version of it but yeah this thing is really ergonomic for yeah. um It works good into like cup holders or it works good just for scrubbing seats and everything. Um, So yeah, man, like my products are all experiments, right? Like, and a lot of the time, like I'm not smart enough and I don't think I'm like can predict enough what everyone's gonna like, right? So I have to come up with a bunch of different versions and then send them out there and get feedback on them. Yeah. So that's kind of the philosophy behind my business. And that's why, you know, I've got all these different versions of the Scrub Ninja. Like I've got this, like one of the complaints of the Scrub Ninja was that those, the original ones was that uh, it it wasn't flexible enough, right? So, um, and that's where I made the Scrub Ninja Star. So it's kind of flexible to get into uh, around um, like Steering wheels. Steering wheels and anything. Oh man, we use these at our house, like for the dishes and everything, like. Oh, nice. Uh, so really with the Scrub Ninja, the idea is, is I think it's the type of product that I could sell to not just detailers, but people in their home, like right. we use the Scrub yeah. Ninja for cleaning our shower, right? Man, it's uh-huh. amazing. So. Nice.
0: Well, we always try to get a scoop I'm the, one that always, I'm the one that usually always ask. I mean, we, so we didn't have SEMA last year. Hopefully SEMA happens this year. Um, is there anything that you have coming out this year that you can talk about? Or if not, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm always
1: like working on new stuff. Um, right. One thing I've been working on for a long time is like a, uh, is like a wheel brush. Um, okay. But I've just, I've, man, I've got like dozens of failed prototypes that just aren't good enough. Um, and then, like we've got the mid on a stick, which is kind of like a car wash brush, but mm-hmm. right out of microfiber. Um, but it's still not a perfect product. Um, so I've got other variations of that um, that I'm working on. So and then what else? That'd have? be good
0: for guys who do like big trucks and stuff big like that. Big trucks,
1: yeah. RVs, boats, yeah. like um, anything or anyone, or even if you are like, um, you know, you have a bad back or something. Yeah. Really. So a lot of our products, um, I, I, I'm trying to position them so that detailers can sell them to their customers too. Gotcha. Mm. So that's why we have like our wholesale program where you can buy them, um, you know, buy the case or you can even just buy them, you know, small quantities, uh, you know, at a discount so that you can um, kind of like merchandise your store and sell them to your customers. Because lots of guys, you know, need products to sell um, for aftercare, after coatings and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, more specific, like, specifically in terms of products i'm also i'm working on um um you know what i could actually probably show you this let, let me grab it um okay. it's still something that isn't complete but
0: it's it's cool i mean nobody sees the video anyway so me and jason are really gonna get this go. every everybody just hears the audio so they're gonna be like these. This holes not putting something <laughs> yeah. <out. laughs> but I don't, I don't care, right? Because
1: this is actually nobody else makes a product like this. Like, so we've got our flip. Have you seen our flip towels, right? So I've got yeah, these yeah. towels that that are flipped. So the original idea for the flip towel was to make a glass cleaning towel right. for one of these types of tools, right? You guys know these tools, yep, right? Yep. For like getting it into oh. the sections oh, and yeah. everything,
0: yeah. Down in the edge of the window, you can't- Down in
1: the edge of the window, right? But the thing I hate about these things, now this one has Velcro on it. And this is a product we've sold for like 15 years or whatever. But man, like when you're cleaning glass, like you constantly need to switch to a new section of the towel yeah. or a new towel or else you're just yeah. going to be creating streaks and so this is like these products don't work that good because like you have to keep switching the bonnet or the thing that's connected to it all right. the time and so the idea with the flip towel was to make a towel that like flip that fit inside this so that you could you know clean a section of the window you yeah. know, flip it over without wasting your time right um but i thought man that was just it was never gonna work um, from like a marketing, too complicated of a thing. Right. Um, and that's why when I came out with the flip towel, we kind of, I turned it into a um, like a rinseless wash towel. We made a really plush version okay. the double flip, right? And kind of paired it up with um, with uh, Wipeout for right. Billy's product. Um, and man, I think it works really well. Um, but so the idea is in, um, and these are just like prototypes. The, the actual um, part is in production and it, it actually isn't even finished in the shape. But the idea with this is gonna be is that there's gonna be like a, a piece of foam that that velcros onto this tool and oh, okay. then kind of fits inside this and keeps it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so really I, I'm actually really excited about this product. Um, because to tell you the truth, glass is like the biggest, the hardest thing for detailers. It is. It's the biggest complaint for everybody. And you would think it's the simplest thing, but right. it's just it not. Is- it's-
0: and it's funny that, that that you say that because I mean that's that's one of the this or that questions that I ask in yeah. the Q and is, is folding washing and folding towels or cleaning windows. <laughs> because yeah. that, that seems to be the two things that detailers hate doing. Um, yes,
1: well, hundred <laughs> percent. And that's the other idea with these flip towels, right? Was all right. Now you don't have to freaking fold them, right? Yeah, the towel is already folded. Like you're done folding it. Yeah, And it, the other part, you know, when you're using a towel, cause you, the proper way to use a towel when you're detailing for pretty much anything is to fold the towel and to switch to a new section, right? Yeah. But right. Half of the time you're doing that, the towel is just falling out into just, yeah, whatever. Right. right. So and you're, you're like, done. you're like,
0: wait, which way did I fold it? Which way did <laughs> I <need to> go? <laughs> like yeah. you, you kind of forget which way you're folding.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so a lot of, like, I'm really trying to dial in to like detailers processes and the processes they're using, right. and then designing the products more specifically for the way that you guys work. Um, so um,
0: that's awesome. That yeah, that's cool, man. Thanks for sharing that uh, with us. Um, you guys couldn't see it, but it was cool.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Sure. laughs> um, <sighs> so man that was that was a nice little lesson on uh microfibers um so that kind of took up everything that i had jason you got anything you want to say or no not really uh, yeah. you, know, I, you know i gathered a lot of information so i'm, yeah. I'm pretty stoked <laughs> about what i learned yeah I, I hope everybody else said um ian i know you got band practice um so you know i don't i don't want to keep you you know crazy too much longer, um, but just curious, uh, what type of music do you guys play?
1: Um, we play like classic rock. Nice. So I I play the bass. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like, so we had another band um, and it kind of got broken up because of COVID. And now we have a few new guys. Um, right. So yeah, we planned like we play some um Led Zeppelin songs some Pink uh-huh. Floyd songs we play some Grateful Dead we play um just a lot of different classic rock type stuff you know nice
0: how's your guitarist with the old Eddie stuff
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> actually that's, that's the this true gu- testament <laughs> actually
1: this guitar player is like legit he's nice he could probably do it like he's the kind of guy he like you he hears a song and he can like play it automatically
0: oh i hate i hated those people when i was when i was growing up and i was playing the guitar because i had to read tablature and some of my friends would be like just hear it and start like ping pong pong ping and the next thing they're playing the song and i'm like how like how I hate, I
1: hate <laughs> yeah i'm i'm yeah. not like that either i have to like sit there and study it or like yeah. watch a youtube video or something or
0: yeah exactly. So do you play guitar i used to when i was younger um probably when did I start playing um 12 or 13 and I played pretty much into my 20s but then life happened right you know got a job you know didn't have the time you know going out with friends didn't have the time to like keep up with it um and it's and and even now that I'm a little older and I have some time, like it's one of those things that, you know, like I'm like, man, I'd really like to get another one and try to pick it back up again. Um, But now, you know, Haley's cheerleading keeps me busy and then playing playing with the podcast keeps me busy and then work and then whatever I'm not doing with those three things is actually hanging out with my wife. So, you know. Maybe. maybe, maybe I'll pick it up again one day, but I'm
1: man, it's hard. I'm telling you, bro, it's hard to find time. Like it is for everything. Same
0: thing for me, man. Like I'm at a race every day
1: at work. I'm at a race to get everything done so I can yeah. go home and like play with the kids and, you know, eat dinner with the family, hang out with my wife. And then, yeah. you know, have band practice too. It's like, man, it's like,
0: yeah. And I, and I feel too that if I, I'd probably get so frustrated with it if I picked it back up again, because I probably wouldn't remember any of the stuff that i used to be able to play and that would probably really frustrate me so that's that's another thing that's been kind of but one thing is different
1: like it's kind of like with detailing like dude everything's on youtube bro yep. like if you want to <laughs> yeah. learn
0: something like <laughs> yeah. you gotta watch a youtube yeah video. now now it is i mean when i was growing up it, it there wasn't you know like <laughs> there was yeah
1: none. so that makes it a little bit easier yeah. to learn yeah. and practice and stuff because yep. guitar and music is to me, it's really good for the soul, man. It's oh, like, yeah,
0: it definitely is. I, I mean, play the
1: drums. Yeah. Do you?
0: Yeah, I have a drum set in my house. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know that about I'm you. not any a, good,
1: but I, I play them. <laughs> I'm the same. I've got a drum set, too, and I'm not good at all, but, you know, nice. I play it.
0: All I do is put on headphones, and I listen to music and pretend to play in it. <laughs> <laughs> doop, doop. So I wonder what it really sounds like. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Ashley's like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um all right ian so um before we wrap it up man if anybody wa- you know after hearing all this great information and, and wants to reach out to you i mean everybody should know where to get a hold of autofiber but if somebody wanted to reach out to you and had a question about you know towels or whatever um where where are they gonna find you at facebook instagram tiktok snapchat only fans
1: <laughs> no only fan But yeah, definitely Facebook, Instagram, Um, you know, you can find me personally on Facebook, Instagram, we're at autofiber. And if you want to email me, it's ian at autofiber.com. So I-A-N at autofiber.com.
0: Awesome, man. Well, listen, man, I I really appreciate you, you know, jumping in and doing this. Um, You and I have never met or talked before um i think i saw you at mte but you were super busy and i never got a chance never got around to getting over there um so i I really appreciate you jumping in and and doing this Um, yeah i
1: appreciate you guys having me on um really good honor yeah and hopefully um i mean i'm my i'm signed up for mte las vegas i'm signed up for sema i'm signed up for the southern detailers conference i'm going to sign up for mte you know uh Orlando. in january in florida so i'm ready to go out and you know nice. get back at it and meet up with everybody and have fun because um well then i guess i'll be seeing you in june yeah are you, so you're going
0: oh wait yeah. i was like june what Yep, I'll I, be there. I, I, forgot, I forgot SDC's in June. I was like, wait, SEMA's in like November. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are,
1: are you going to the, are you going to that,
0: Alex? Uh, I'm not, I'm trying to, uh, butter up the wife for me to go to SEMA again this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so obviously that's, that's a big expense. Um, and, and I'm trying to not do it on a shoestring budget. Like I did in 19 where I went for like a day and a half, um, and only spent about 500 bucks. I told her if I go this time, I, I like I want to go for the for the week for the most part um, and be able to hang out. I felt like I just didn't have enough time, but it was one of those like you know I had to at least try it and experience it one time kind of deal. So yeah, um, so now I'm I'm trying to do SEMA and then um, of course I'll I'll do um, MTE in January because it's 40 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's in my backyard, so awesome. you know, I'm always at DMT or Orlando it's as long as they're happening. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah
1: I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive it's all going to happen. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, listen, we we've done enough cheer competitions that I mean, God, if they can't do a, um, <clears throat> they can't do a detailer thing. <clears throat> there's something wrong. I mean, the last cheer yeah. company we were at in Atlanta, there was like, so my wife ended up talking to one of the guys who worked for the host event. And he said there were 7,000 cheerleaders at that event. You talk about 7,000 cheerleaders, you talk about at least one parent for every cheerleader. So there's 14,000 people minimum. Um, And no, you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's, I'm sure some people came back and got sick or whatever, but I don't necessarily think it was, would have happened at the show. I mean, you had to have a mask on. They, you know, they, they would only let so many people in. You know, like you could only go in and see your team at a time, kind of thing. They kept everybody. They did a good job keeping everybody separated. Mm-hmm. Um, the one we didn't go to it, but there was another one in Atlanta in February. That competition was a huge one. Um, I think that one there was like forty 000 to fifty thousand cheerleaders. So then you talk about, you know, at least one parent for every cheerleader. You're talking close to 100,000 people. And that one didn't seem to be a super spreader event like they were saying it was on the news. (laughs) Well, Um,
1: one thing I know for sure is I know Jason signed up to get his vaccine passport.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, he said, I don't want my guns anymore. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) So he's yeah. going to get a vaccine
1: passport before he goes to. This I, I'm UK. I'm still
0: trying to work on my counterfeit vaccine card. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, listen. I mean, I, I would be for it if if I could never wear a mask again, and and I and I could just you know go about living my daily life. But I mean, look at how many people have still gotten the vaccine, and you still have to wear your mask, and because it's I mean, it's like the flu shot; it's not guaranteed. No, you know? I mean, so who knows? I mean,
1: yeah, and man, like I'm not against vaccines at all. Like I'm not right. an anti-vaxer, but I'm certainly not rushing to go out and get this vaccine. Right? When no, neither thinking.
0: am I. Neither <laughs> am I. I mean, I, I you know, I, I've, I've kind of said it from the beginning. I think 20 plus years in the automotive industry. I might not be as immune to things as Jason has had a few anthrax shots <laughs> um, but you know like I feel like I'm pretty close to it um you know to the point where I, I very rarely ever get sick so I'm just gonna knock on some wood over here because now that I say that I probably get it um <laughs> but uh yeah I mean we'll see we'll see what happens but um <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, so again, I appreciate it. I know you got like thirty minutes. I don't know how far away band practice is, so I don't want to keep you too much longer.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got i I'm pretty much at it. So yeah, yeah. I've got about thirty All minutes right. to get there.
0: Yeah, no worries. All right, guys, I appreciate
1: it. Yeah, yeah. thanks for the time. And uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, for just being reach up. out to me if anyone definitely. has any questions or needs anything. So
0: yeah, definitely, man. Thanks, and uh, later we'll chat with you guys later.
1: All right, appreciate it. All right, see you.
0: Bye.